Mahomes, their second year of existence, have won MLS Cup. Five-star final. I don't like losing to teams from Florida. Any Name a team from Florida. Name, name any team from Florida. I don't like losing to them. I don't like being associated with teams who lose to teams the Gators. from Florida. Well, yeah, especially that. Uh, there's a lot of talent yeah, trauma there that sure. I, I don't need to unpack <laughs> right now. I'll just say that uh, it, it hadn't been close recently. Uh, this one was close. This one was close in Atlanta on Saturday night. Uh, Orlando City 2-1 winners, though. And, Joe, I mean, I don't even know what we really want to get into. I thought you summed it up really well on DSS today. And essentially, your, your column boiled down to Orlando is a better team with better players. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it. but it's but it's what we've been saying, right, yeah. for months now, basically. I'm a little annoyed we have to talk about this game because I felt like it was a terribly boring game. Not a lot happened. I had some friends actually who were at this game for various reasons. They were with work for work functions and things. And, <laughs> and I was like, no, you, you don't feel bad. Like this one was uh, seemingly m- more boring than most, I would say. And it just kind of went exactly how you would think uh, with not Atlanta <laughs> United, not creating a ton, playing their eighth game in three days. Or I'm sorry, their that would be a lot. Their eighth, uh, their third game in eight <laughs> days. Um, as you can see, I'm all loopy today, and uh, yeah, it was just a slog. It was just a slog, and then obviously the the, the kind of simple mistakes killed Lenny United. Shocking, shocking. We can talk about that second goal right quick, and I think that kind of sums up a lot of it. You know, the first goal, whatever. You get out jumped by a dude who was just always going to out jump every single person on the field, except maybe like Juanjo Prada. It happens. Whatever. You, you can mark better. Whatever. I'm not too beat up about it. The second goal, you see partly some deficiencies in midfield. Yeah. Like, yeah, Mateus is at two as Alonso. Don't cover themselves in glory there or anything. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the back line as a whole was spaced out to the point where, I mean, just 20-something yards mm-hmm. in between the two lines. It created a ton of space for Mauricio Pereira, and that's a terrible idea because he's still really good. And then you have essentially three people central to try to handle Duncan McGuire, a recent college graduate, and you don't do that. You don't do that. So, pretty embarrassing there, and just frustrating, honestly. Maybe embarrassing is harsh, but just frustrating in general because it's one of the dumb, simple mistakes, and Gonzalo said it after the game. It's the little details, once again. And I know people will point to that and be like, well, that's on that's on the coaching, but I think the margins here are margins based on personnel. Mm-hmm. I think that's just it. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that. I mean, he, and Joe, again, a great point today on DSS. Just you look at the Orlando lineup and you look at how balanced it is and you look at uh, the, the top level pieces like Pereira, like Facundo Torres, um, like Martin Haida. And then you look at the the complementary pieces. Uh, Cesar Rajo, uh, their U22 midfielder. Excellent. They nailed that signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ivan Angulo, the, the winger, is extremely direct, extremely threatening at all times. Does a great job. All of the pieces fit together and on top of that they have Pedro Galese who just hates Atlanta <laughs> yeah, he, yeah I'm not sure if he's been that good this year but he hates Atlanta <laughs> right. yeah kills us yeah. kills yeah. them every time look you know uh, uh, it's funny because I remember as soon as the second goal went in 
<laughs> in my mentions all of a sudden the Pineda hate starts and I'll go back oh. to something right I'll go back to something I've said previously which is that I feel like sometimes fans want to blame anybody but the individuals most responsible for you know any individual bad thing that might occur during a game which is the players on the field and yes sometimes coaching is it you can attribute coaching or preparation or whatever it is to certain things. But I think it's become very evident in Atlanta's case that they're just outmanned by a lot of MLS teams. And some of that is through players that maybe we thought were going to perform better than they have this season. But a lot of it is just, you know, players that we knew were kind of middling that I don't know. I guess we kind of hoped that they would improve especially when you look at the pieces in midfield and it just hasn't really. Um, and hopefully a player like Tristan Miyumba can come in and make a big difference in that particular area of the field. And then obviously this team needs help in the attack too. And, you know, we've seen the rumors, the reports for Saba Labajonski, Labajonski. I don't, I don't, but however, uh, he seems like a piece that's going to be, Sam's like nodding his head. Like, yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Association. Um, Six out of 10. <laughs> you got the Amar uh, Hopefully a player like him can come in and make more sense with the lineup. Like you were saying, like Orlando's lineup makes sense. Like the players that mm-hmm. are surrounding each other make sense. And Atlanta's doesn't quite seem like that. It seems like a lot of guys that they're taking shots on, hoping they pan out and they haven't really so far. So it, I don't know. I'm, I'm really just trying to string words together here to uh, put together a podcast because I just hated this game. I hated the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hated that Machop Chol got hurt in the 20th minute because I felt like he was Atlanta's best player. And when he went down, I was like, gosh, now the game's hardly worth watching. Yeah, we were about to have the Machop Chol game. It really we were. Like that. It was a really solid performance from him. Uh, I think it made a, it makes more sense than maybe an Etienne and a Wolf for him to be in that position where he is asked to get in the pocket of space that he's asked to get into uh, and we had a question about that later down i'll go and answer it the pocket when we talk about that when the players po- talk about that essentially think just about the space in between the midfield and the back line and that little tiny area uh in between what you would call the half space which is kind of like the the left central right central channel um if you make a vertical line down the field just kind of right in there just kind of mm-hmm. where the little empty space is where you're going to be surrounded once you get the ball but if you turn and, and progress the ball you can draw defenders tyler wolf called them internal wingers internal the wingers yeah i asked gonzalo about Pineda that Gonz- yeah it, i don't know if gonzalo i don't I, yeah i don't know how that term came up but yeah they're just kind of wide playmakers maybe is a way you could phrase it too uh they're just kind of like yeah they're playing kind of Flankish, <laughs> Wing, exactly. they're wingish. Yeah. They're wingish. They're, they're kind of right. They are putting their boots on not, chalk. Like, yeah, yeah. Brooks Lennon was like the truest winger out of anyone in this game for the most part. You know, in possession, yeah. he was getting forward a lot of the time. They're trying to find width. space on the interior, basically, mm-hmm. of the field of play. Anyway, the the broader point being that Wolf and, and Etienne have kind of struggled to turn and attack space with the ball at their feet like that, and Chop is for all of his chaotic neutralism, he's able to do that and make yeah. things happen. You know, yeah. he made something happen on the first goal and was kind of making things happen and, and energetic throughout the game. And it was a bummer to see him yeah. go down. I think he's good, by the way. I checked with him after the game. I uh, got caught in his ankle at some point. And uh, that was just kind of it. He just 
probably needs to rest a little bit. There was a he actually went in for a challenge. That was the first time I noticed him. He was down after mm-hmm. for a while and kind of limping around after that, and then never. So maybe a stud kind of got caught or something like that. But I, I didn't know that, so that's good to know that he seems like he's going to be all right. And they'll have a bit of a break, so I would assume he's gonna gonna be back. Um, something Gonzalo mentioned with him that I think is spot on. I think it's one of the reasons why we all kind of innately like watching him a little bit is because he's direct and kind of ambitious mm-hmm. with the ball. It's like when he gets the ball, he's turning and, and facing and running at goal, um, which is nice to see. And again, surprisingly, like uh, does really, really well with the ball. Um, doesn't mm-hmm. give it away carelessly. Doesn't take huge, heavy touches as often, nearly as often as you would think for a guy who's kind of got his body size. It's kind of funny. Whenever you talk to one of the players, like Amar Sage, I ask him about it after after the game. They all kind of laugh, like when they're when they're about to start talking about Chop, because again, he's just so kind of he looks like unwieldy out there with the long arms and limbs, but he's surprisingly yeah. good. It's not just tall. It's that like he's six foot three and his legs are like six foot one. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's what makes yeah. it kind of like, whoa, wait, what's happening here? Yeah. Uh, but, but it works. It works. Yeah. Um, hopefully we, we see a little bit more of him going forward. I thought he was, was pretty good. And, but again, I mean, to that point, right? Like most of the teams in the league who are vying exactly. for championships, he's a, he's a bench guy. Coming exactly. Off. And that's been the case for the most part for Atlanta. But at the same time, you know, it's, probably says something that we got so excited for it you know just <laughs> right, to see exactly, someone trying yeah, to make totally. something happen um <laughs> yeah, yeah you know um it's just where we're at right now and the team has obviously i mean you know you lost three starters technically over this window already you haven't brought one in yet technically not on the field anyway not that, yeah so they haven't hit the field yet this addition of the team is, is worse off than it was yeah. a few weeks ago you yeah. know and that's just kind of where we're at and so you know, I think we have some questions about Leagues Cup and stuff like that later, but uh, I would temper expectations for that, for sure. And understand that, Joe, I think this timeline is going to be slower than even me and you kind of thought it might be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say when we met with Garth last week, he said... <laughs> It started on the record. I think his comment went off the record at some point, but he did start on the record saying that maybe maybe it's going to take more than two. Win- he said maybe it will take three windows instead of two to kind of get my question that I asked him was like, when do you think you'll kind of be at maximum efficiency when it comes to you know the money that you have available to spend when you really feel like you're you know the quote unquote cooking, you know, when you can kind of get guys in and out and things like that. And I, it seems like that's going to happen maybe at the start of next year as opposed to this window and even then who knows whether he'll want to actually deal heavily in that offseason window or if he'll want to wait because he said that he likes he prefers to deal in this current window so tbd i did i did want to mention a point i don't want to be overly cynical about the fact because i would talk was talking to you as we were walking to our cars uh after the game about this fact that i mean it's a fact that gonzalo pineda has fewer options to choose from at this point than he did two weeks ago mm. um that is that is very true and i think that what we have seen this past week is evidence of that uh, having said that i just don't want to be overly cynical about it because the real the 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 fact is that you have to move players out before you can move them in when you are dealing in this window in mls to maintain roster compliance so um so there is that that you, you do have to take that into account but you know it was just, just not an ideal time to do it because the team had a big stretch of games where you 
ideally want a lot of bodies to be able to choose from, and they just weren't there for Gonzalo. So he was running with Santiago Sosa coming back from injury to start three games in a row in eight days. Like that is just not what you ideally want, but it's kind of what they're forced into. Yep, exactly. It should get better. It should get better, but yeah. I actually think I actually right now. I actually think it's uh, the coming games now. Now that we're at this point, and we believe that Tristan Muyumba will be able to play in the next League's Cup game, I think that that at least allows a little bit of intrigue for us going forward from this point to just see how some of these pieces are going to settle in the team and how they might improve everybody overall. Now it's obviously going to take some of these pieces time to settle in but at least it gives us something different to talk about right? <laughs> i thought the I same like thing i mean i wrote loop. i wrote wednesday or whenever it was after the revolution game i was like that was peak boredom for this yeah. season we yeah. learned nothing there were no new players there were, i mean we're 23 games in 24 games in now to the season we know everything about these guys we know what this team is thank god for tristan thank god for potentially someone like saba coming in thank Thank goodness for whoever the backup striker they're trying to bring in is like it's just going to make it like forty five percent more interesting down mm-hmm. the stretch, and that's kind of all all I'm asking for at this point. Uh, but Joe, it is getting kind of hairy uh, down the stretch. I still think this is a playoff yeah. team. They need us. They need essentially ten points from ten games. Is what it is. I think they're going to get that. It is a tough <laughs> schedule. It is. It I is. I think tough. they're going to get that though, and that should be enough to get them over the line it's about 45 points obviously that's not the standard for atlanta united uh, but at some point you just kind of have to say well at least at least get to the finish line without having like all your limbs fall off you know mm-hmm. that's where we're at with this so it could it could be an interesting decision day just when you look at the schedule and you would think if oh boy, Joe, pick, who do we play yeah it's cincinnati <laughs> mm. but you hope that that might be a game that's very winnable because they've already sealed up everything and they might just want to rest players for the playoffs maybe hopefully yeah. i don't know but um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be tight and i think that the end of this season matters you know for it matters a lot like it, it might not matter for atlanta overall like they're not going to win MLS Cup all of a sudden. They're they're not going to get on a heater and be able to be one of the best teams in the league. Could they get on a heater and maybe win a game in the playoffs? That's possible. But I don't think we're going to see anything substan- substantial turnaround from the team overall. I do think that it is very important for certain players to perform over this period of time. And I think it will be interesting to see, you know, is Gonzalo Pineda being judged during this these last 10 games? Is Carlos Bocanegra? I mean, we don't really know the answers to these questions. We'll, fi- we'll kind of find out after the fact, but I think that it will be interesting because having just met with Garth, I mean, there's clearly they're very much not content with the way things are going right now. You know, there's, I don't know how much I want to say about Garth's like overall feelings towards the team, but um, they know, like they, they know that there's a lot of work to do ahead of them. And I think that that's why these games are going to be important to see what players they do want to keep around. Who's going to be on the next team. Yeah, at the very top, no one has their head in their sand, in the sand about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if we see it, other people see it too. Don't stress about that part, right? You can stress about what moves they're going to make to fix it and everything like that, but but understand that like there's an acknowledgement of, uh, you know, the need for a better soccer team. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what it is. I that's think people would is. be surprised at like how they are evaluating certain aspects of the team versus even how fans like I think a lot of fans 
want to like cut some of these players breaks and things. And I think that people would be surprised just at how frankly, like black and white, like how much, how, you know, because, because ultimately front office people, scouts, whatever, they have to decide yes or no on, on a player Mm -hmm. basically. And so that requires a very kind of harsh analysis of what they do and how it's going to improve the team. And so for as much slack as we might want to cut some players, like, you know, I think they have very clear kind of, um, opinions on how things at least have gone up to this point. So again, I think that's why these last 10 games are going to be really important. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, do we want to go through them? We did this last year. Sure. And we kind of giggled as we did it. Yes. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> we realized really quickly that Atlanta wasn't going to, to make <laughs> right. the playoffs. Oh, no. One moment in particular where uh, we, we both realized that the Red Bulls were up next. Right. And I think we both just <laughs> broke down in hysterics <laughs> at that point. Uh, Atlanta did not win that game, by the way. All right, let's do this, Joe. All right, let's do it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> first one's pretty tough. Uh, trip to trip to Seattle. That's not fun. Seattle is equally mid this year for some reason, yeah. though. Yeah, so, yeah. Except in the underlying numbers. Underlying numbers are great. Uh, but they can't find ways to win games for some reason. Maybe that's a point. Maybe that's winnable. It's a 10.30 p.m. start, so I'm going to say there's some little MLS after darky point thing going yeah, on some like weird point. it's stuff. like that time atlanta uh got like boat raced for an entire game but still won one one yeah yeah in seattle <laughs> yeah uh, exactly. then nashville at home i don't feel great about that but nashville's feel- sputtering too Nashville's yeah they four or five five or six something like that they are but this game would be played on august 20th or 25th 26th yeah. so that's I you never you never know i, I wouldn't really put form take form into account really because that's so far ahead of us and i don't feel confident in atlanta united in that game i don't i think i think nashville's got atlanta atlanta's number they do they've really beaten them up the last few times uh so we so we're at one point through two games Mm -hmm. great let's see who's next oh boy it's cincinnati uh no points zero no points for atlanta united zero uh fc dallas in dallas that's not a fun one i hate this game for atlanta yeah, that's that's. A cl- Can we give it a point at least? Sure, let's give it a point. I like yeah. how we're giving all the road points away, but yeah, yeah I mean they haven't get it. They have been pulling out some draws on the road, so. Uh, <laughs> September sixteenth, enter uh, Miami. Don't bring in the grass. Don't right? bring in just, the grass. Make them. Yeah. Why? Why would you do that? Like I saw, I, know, I saw Garber's like, comments about yeah, that, and yeah. then I was like, why would? Why do we? Why would anyone do that? <laughs> it's like all him. all teams that are out of the playoffs are putting grass, sparing no yeah. expense to put grass in Shout their stadiums. <laughs> Any team competing at the top of the table is trying to. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, gosh. Then on I, the I, uh, what mm, point? Sure. Let's do a point. They're not I think good. A win's possible, but they will. They yeah. will be better. Of course. My initial my inkling my initial inkling was a win, but I'll say a point. You never. I you just don't know what they're gonna be like at that point. You know. On yeah. September sixteenth, uh, road trip to DC United. Do you want to give it a point? <sighs> yeah, I think it's only fair. Yeah, where are we at? We have four points here. Yeah, four draw, <laughs> four draws. We've yet to give them a win. <laughs> uh, home against Montreal. Let's give them a win. I think you got to give them a win there. So that's there's, seven. There's seven. Oh my god! These last With three, three games, games left. <laughs> okay, uh, on the road at Philadelphia. That's a loss. 
Zero. The most loss that's ever lost. Mm-hmm. Um, home against Columbus. That's a really tough one. That could, I mean, the, the season could basically be on this game. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to give it a point? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. And so a point close the season. They get you to eight on points. the road at Cincinnati, who could be playing for nothing or could be playing to break the MLS record for points. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so it really does seem like it kind of hangs on a on a knife's edge here. Yeah, I I think we I think we collectively put together about eight points there in the last 10 games i said they needed 10 so that would be right on the edge of the line at 43 points that is exactly the line (laughs) right now projected so we're on the cut line you know something i just thought about having gone through that exercise is when i'm looking at these other teams i'm like okay inner is going to have Messi and whoever you know it's like and 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 Mm -hmm. i'm looking at these other teams like okay well they're going to have this and this atlanta is going to have mayumba who we haven't seen. Maybe he'll improve the team. Mayumba and Messi, same par. Same yeah, game. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, potentially Saba too, maybe. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to see, you know, through rose-colored glasses. I'm trying to look through rose-colored glasses here and <laughs> give Atlanta United some some benefit of the doubt. But, yeah, clear, clearly it's going to be very tough from here. <sighs> what a bummer, man. So do you punt? So do you, so do you still punt? On uh, League's Cup. Oh, when totally. you know that the season, like, because <laughs> like, I mean, the, you you have better chance to make the playoffs. Should we? Should than, we? Than I feel like we. Cup. I feel like we should define what we mean by punting. Yeah, I mean, try to win. Yeah, of course. Like maybe emotionally punt. Let, let's put it that way. <laughs> okay, sure. You know, you, uh, dear le- reader, dear listener, maybe don't like super invest in this emotionally, like the way you might other games if that makes mm. sense mm. for your own sanity not because you should or shouldn't not because we're assessing value or, or lack of value to this competition but because the team just isn't there yet and there's no reason to hurt yourself yeah so by what i mean by punting is mainly having to do with player rotation i wouldn't mind like yakamakis starting in one of these games but i certainly wouldn't want like gonzalo pineda like pushing like keeping him on because you want to push to try to like get an equalizer or whatever, you know, like I would, I would rather them just kind of like go in with a game plan, execute that game plan in terms of like the substitutions and whatever and, and get out of there. But I I wouldn't want to be kind of, you know, pushing the boundaries on literally anything in this game. It's like, I'm trying to think of like another like sport to compare to, but it's really hard. Management. It's like it's preseason. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Set an allotment, you know, I mean, you can't say about everybody. But set an allotment for certain guys who have mm-hmm. a lot of miles on their legs. GG. Mm-hmm. Miles. Uh, other people like that. You know, people of, of really high value to the rest of the stretch. And and stick to it. And that's kind of how I'd approach it. You know, mm-hmm. with the understanding that there are physical limitations here and, and no reason to risk injury. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's what we mean. So, no it's one, not, it's, so I think no punt, can, when we say punt, I think sometimes that can sound more cynical than we actually mean um so i don't want anybody thinking that like atlanta united should try to lose these games yeah kick the ball in their own net do it (laughs) yeah cowards um yeah no it's not that come on y'all come on uh joe what else i don't know you want to add anything else i don't really have anything to add to business time it's real quiet you want to talk about some lucid fc lucid footwear and clothing let's take a quick break (laughs) 
I got to shop in Buckhead. It's open by appointment from one uh, by appointment and walk-ins from one to eight p.m. daily. It's located at thirty two oh nine Pegasus Ferry Place, so you can save that in your little directions app. So you can go there anytime you want. Actually, not anytime you want. One to eight p.m. daily. Of course, as I just <laughs> said. If you access. want them, if you want them, if you want Lucid FC anytime you want, you go to lucidfc.us where you shop online and use DSS as your code for free shipping within the United States. So really, they are for everybody. Any any shopper, whether you want to go in and try try the stuff on or take your you know, brave your luck online, lucidfc.us. <laughs> Good stuff. Incredible okay. stuff. Uh, incredible stuff from Kurt Castle in the intro of the song is yeah. Chances. Yeah. Uh, check him out wherever you can find music. Incredible stuff from us over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash five stripe. Final, you can come hang out with us. Come join the Discord and talk about this team if you want to, although everything's just kind of spiraling right now into people being upset about what we've always been upset about. It's, it's interesting. Uh, talk to yeah. last week. We had a uh, conversation with Felipe. Um, which was mainly Miami focused. Now he was making the point on that episode that Messi's like a, a gamer and he's never, he's always hated to be pulled out of games. He's always wanted, and this has to do with him playing on turf and everything. Has he said anything about the turf? I have not really been following this that much. I'm kind of out. Don on Garber said that he expects teams to pull in grass for this. Essentially. I saw, yeah, I saw those. I comments. tried to contact the team. Mm-hmm. about this today i haven't heard back yet i'm, I'm waiting on that um, i know previously so that they we'll said i think felipe may have gotten a statement from them saying that they're confident in their turf and they have the best turf in the world and everything like that but i was told it's, the same thing it's weird that garber would come out and start talking about grass and turf without <laughs> messy maybe he's like kind of doing it for messy <laughs> running his pr yeah, for him totally. but uh exactly. we'll see yeah i don't know i don't know but we'll see i, I, I still don't know if that team's gonna be any good or not I was we'll find I out. was just I was just talking to Jason Longshore today. We had a uh, meeting uh, at nine to nine studios, and man, he was talking about when you know they're gonna because they're gonna be going to Fort Lauderdale for those Leagues Cup games, and dude, that <laughs> it's gonna be wild for them to just for Jason and Mike going down to that stadium. That stadium of all stadiums. That state, McEachern High School football stadium. <laughs> yeah. In Fort Lauderdale. There is, yeah. I feel like there's zero chance that Jason and Mike are going to be like set up in a typical like radio booth, <laughs> just, you know, businesses as usual. <laughs> they should just surround the stadium with forklifts and make that like individual media boxes. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 Because you could get it above the, the stand, <laughs> yeah. I think. You know? I love anyway. that idea. Yeah, oh, someone messed put them in a shipping container, just like an yes, open shipping absolutely. container. Yeah, uh-huh. perfect. <laughs> we solved it. You're welcome, Inter Miami. Uh, you guys are welcome because we're going to answer your questions now. Uh, Rubber Anchor says, "Is there any position that is not on the buy list before the 2024 season starts, other than the fullbacks? Um, they should have left wing somewhat sorted out. I'm trying to think now. They may need to back up for that if they if they don't want to." Derek there or something like that um, they should have striker sorted out mm-hmm. there should be a backup yeah. striker in this window yeah. and so if either he or Miguel Berry just don't work out at all I think something's gone wrong there mm-hmm. um, other than that man <laughs> yeah seems open to me they're probably going to have to buy quite a few players because there is almost certainly going to be a ton of turnover from this year to next year and especially at some of the key areas when you look at miles robinson and his contract potentially expiring 
by the way, people should really be tracking this one. Like, I think we've talked about it before, but in case you haven't, like, you know, his, he's eligible right now to sign a pre-contract as far as I know. So um, that hasn't happened yet. He could just any day, I believe, just sign like, you know, announce that or a Premier League team or whatever team could announce that they've signed Miles Robinson to a pre-contract. And here's when it's going to start. And that hasn't happened yet. If those window, if those transfer windows close, that is the end of, well, I wouldn't say it's the end, but um, that would be a big uh, kind of point in this time horizon where maybe it becomes a lot more possible that he comes back to Atlanta after that. But again, we got to wait and see what happens there. But yeah, to get back to the question, they're probably going to have to buy in a lot of positions, whether that's as a backup or a, or a starter is TBD. You know how many moves Seattle made this year? And so far, this window? I don't know. One. One? One whole move. Hmm. The entire year. What do you make of that? They brought in a bear. Uh, Once we get through all this nonsense, there is a world where Atlanta is set up with uh, long-term stability. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you've got you know? key p- pieces in place. Yeah, for sure. And that's where I think, like, getting pieces like Yakamakisin and, again, maybe the Saba guy, Moyumba. These are guys who are 26, 27, 28 years old, mm-hmm. year old players who are probably coming here not looking for the next team. And I think that that will be kind of nice, honestly. It'll be great. And it will be um, one of those things that's kind of been planned for the jump, right? To, to kind of have that stability. We talked about the prime age players and. It's part of the point. It'll also be a major boost for this team who so far this year has been the second youngest team in the league. Yeah. Elliot McKinley released a chart today that y'all should go check out yeah, that was interesting. on Twitter. I believe he's at ET McKinley. Uh, we'll post in the Discord as well. I think probably already has been, but uh, Lane United, second youngest team based on the minutes played of their players so far. Mm-hmm. Only Red Bulls have been younger. And if only Red Bulls have been younger, that means you're real, real young because <laughs> they're constantly playing like 20 year olds from yeah. Dartmouth. And I so. feel like I feel like it's been like this for Atlanta for a few years now, like basically ever since they've gone into this crazy cycle of trying to fill in, fill Joseph Martinez's shoes in 2020. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've been among the, the younger teams in the league and obviously injuries have played a big part in that. But it's worth pointing out for sure. Definitely. And again, we talk about the little details that were missed against Orlando. That's that's a little bit of it, too. It's mm-hmm. a little bit of it, too. It's part of it anyway, although it shouldn't necessarily be. Even Gonzalo was like, look, I said to Anazi, our veterans, they should be able to go into a game and not have to acclimate. You know, they should be able to handle the situation. And they, they were, again, they weren't at fault for that goal necessarily, but they weren't great either. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, super soft free kick party says what was more inconsistent Victor Rivas's officiating or Mascara's touchers uh, refs weren't good refs yeah, were just kind it, of like making I don't even know what they were looking at half the time to be honest it was a it was a you get in there and make it about you that meme you know it was, seen that? It was, yeah, it was yeah. definitely that kind of vibe going on with Victor Rivas Does uh, it really I Mascara was actually kind of no, good he was bad like all uh, the ref was bad for everybody so yeah doesn't change yeah. the game uh, is Mascara, it a hot take to th- yeah yeah I, I don't know I thought it was fine. Yeah, you were you pointed out during the game. You were like, dude, if he keeps on getting into these positions, then it's going to create good things eventually because he was getting into those primary assist zones. Primary assist zone, beating dude one-on-one the dribble and getting into the primary assist zone to try to make something happen. Dear God, Louise Eruji, why did you never do this? <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Get to the end line, 
quote unquote cross the ball backwards so that then it just disorients defenders in the way that their body is positioned in the box. And then hopefully you have runners who can capitalize on that confusion. Does he have the best touch? No, he looks no. clumsy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Is he going to, is he going to win every single one-on-one? No, he's not, but he was trying to make things happen. And as a substitute chasing a goal like that, that's a skill set that can be useful. I feel like I saw some quick twitch, some quick twitch speed from Mascara. <laughs> I agree. He, he's yeah. quick. He's kind of quicker yeah. than I think we expect. He's not very um, muscular or large or anything like that or uh, anything that kind of looks like he'd be like fast, straight line speed, but he's quick. So yeah. could be effective. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> right. We're not. Whatever. Yeah. yeah could we're be not, effective. We're, don't, don't. Yeah. Don't mistake this for me. Like talking myself into like Mascara as a long term player or whatever. Maybe he could be. I'm not saying he wouldn't, but. Hey, speaking of long-term right players, now. Lucas Reed says, how much XAM would you have to trade someone to buy out Eric Lopez for you, e.g. Dom Dwyer getting bought up by Dallas after trying to trade I had, I had uh, not thought about this possibility. But <laughs> it's a great idea. But but there's still a lot, of, a lot of time, a lot of money on Eric Lopez's contract. The amount of XAM you'd have to, to trade in this scenario would be somewhere near like a record, I would imagine. Somewhere near that Paul Ariola. You think so? Of, I think yeah, because wow. like consider the money that you would have to to spend, the fake money you would have to spend to convince someone to pay out the entirety take of on, Eric right. Lopez's contract for you. Right, right. Because he's yeah. on what five hundred k? Oh yeah, like five hundred plus, somewhere in the five hundreds, I believe. Now remember, that's not his actual like budget charge. He's still a U twenty two, but. Uh, Eric Lopez is technically signed through 2025 and is making, <laughs> wait, what is this? When I hear oh, that, when I hear that he signed through 2025, it's like Walter White from Breaking Bad and the ba- laughing in the basement. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you'd be looking at like two years or two and a half years, essentially of salary cap coming off and no one's paying that. Yeah. Sorry. That's a yeah. great thought. I like where your head's at. Yeah. Good, good idea. Five Stripe Willie says, if we sell Amada this summer, do we make the playoffs? I don't think he's going to keep Amada, first of all. Yeah, I don't either. If we keep Amada, I mean, judging by what we just did with the 10 games we just went through, that was... <laughs> yeah, uh, that was assuming Amada's here. That was with Amada. <laughs> uh, look, I think so. this team's a playoff team. I think they will find 10 <laughs> points. Uh, but, you know, it definitely gets way harder if they sell Amada, but I don't think that's happening. Don't Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. Too much. Cursive Kid says, which unproven player do you want to see a lot of in Leagues Cup? Give me more give me more chop if he's available. Chop, yeah, that's a good one. Um uh, unproven player. Where's hmm. Aiden McFadden? Yeah, Aiden, I was just yeah, Aiden McFadden would be an interesting one to see. Maybe even like again, when we're talking about punting, maybe you play like Aiden McFadden at left back because you want to see how he would look at left back, even though he's a natural right back. You know, it's like these are the kinds totally. of things that I would be totally fine with the team doing if it, if it's something that they feel like would help them with internal scouting or something like that. So yeah, he's one. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any. I mean, I could see. I could mascara. Y- I don't know. Maybe mascara. Yeah, totally. I could see Noah Cobb. A little yeah, more as well. I'd be one. fine with that. Good answer. Good answer. See, like we found feud. people. <clears throat> we make this work. We make this work. Uh, J- Jacob says, why are we signing a winger? Why are we? Why are they signing a winger? Well, it's I think it's because of... they don't really have any good ones. That's fair. 
It, which I know that hurts. I know, listen, listen. Like order of operations, though. Are you doing it before you solidify the midfield in a perfect right. world? Right, right. Well, they are signing goal a midfielder, keeper. so at least there's that. Yeah, yeah. The goalkeeper is one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, By the sometimes... way, I think we got to mention that, like, by goals added, Atlanta's last in goalkeeping this year. Is that right? I mean, yeah. it checks out. I did see some people blaming Guzan for the goals. Somebody Whoa, in my mentions blamed Guzan. Oh, no, 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 no. Guzan, yeah, yeah. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Listen, I've been as you know critical about Guzan as anybody, but those those goals in that game against Orlando were not on Guzan. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, clearly they really like the player, <clears throat> Saba. Um, it seems. And you can get him in, in theory, like below the, the total DP thresholds, right? So, like, if you can get this right. guy now. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. blow the threshold and you can get your your dp midfielder or whatever later yeah um just because of the way it's working out then then do it right that makes sense yeah but uh, you just need some production from that position overall i feel like you know yeah. and, and that would really help out uh tiago amada too it would open up so much space for him if there's an actual threat on the wing and even though this team has had Luis araujo on the wing as a dp don't know if he was so much of a threat per se mm-hmm to other teams so <laughs> to himself to the people <laughs> seated behind yeah behind right. the goal <laughs> anyone yeah sat there were in threats digit yeah. Rows. yeah uh Taekwin says in current form how many of Atlanta United's attacking players are better than Machop Chol in current form in current form hmm, he was pretty I look I, I still think there are uh deficiencies there uh, but it, it's a fair question. It's not like we're talking about huge margins between anyone in that group at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Almada's better. Yako's oh, better. Yeah, I would say that. Yes. Um, uh-huh. Like is Wiley? I would say Wiley's better if you're talking about if you, if you were to list him as an attacker. I don't know if you would do that at this point now that Gutman's gone. But I would not at this point. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I think we've seen the last of him there. So. There we go. Fun team. Good. Pineda Head 17 says if we're only getting two more signings, what will be the ideal 11 plus zero lineup for the stretch run slash playoffs? Um, let's see. If we want to just go front line, I would say uh, Saba, if he comes, new left winger. We'll just go cut an all new left winger. Mm-hmm. GG. Yeah. And then I'm putting Etienne on the right. Just <laughs> fight me. I'm just going to do it. Uh, midfield, Almada, obviously. Uh, Tristan. Uh, Joe, I think we talked about this. I think we're both interested in the Tristan and Sadich setup. Mm-hmm. Simply yeah. because Sadich has a baseline that you know you're going to get a decent performance. Even if it's not like an amazing performance, you're going to get a decent performance. Mm-hmm. You can't say that necessarily about everyone else right now. Yeah, yeah. I was really impressed with Sadich in the in the Orlando game, by the way. Just the, the his movement and the way he was finding these little kind of passes there, there there are sometimes when you see midfielders and, they, and they're able to play these five-yard passes but it's not necessarily like obviously connect like making that pass but it's just the ability to kind of rotate around opposing players and just find these little angles where they can get these passes in that then sets off somebody uh in a good position so i thought Sadich was very very good at that i'm a little bit worried they're going to really push the santi sosa Muyamba combination which <laughs> it sounds like Maybe that would work. I mean, I have no idea. I have not seen Miyamba play, but I just feel I just am very headstrong on the fact that like a Marseille is a much better soccer player than Santi Sosa at this point. So I want to see that. So I want to see Sadich. 
I don't necessarily disagree. Telemachus says, Falling out of League's Cup will lead the club with over three weeks out of a competitive match before the final games of the season. Isn't it a risk that fitness will drop during that time, as we've seen happen consistently with MLS teams who have extended breaks? Uh, yeah, I mean, fitness and sharpness is going to drop, like, a little bit. But at this point in the year, not that much. It's not like the teams are going away from the team either players are going away from the team or anything like that it's like they're going home or going on vacation or whatever they're still going to be training they're still going to be keeping sharpness as best they can it might take a game before they look like really sharp again but Mm -hmm. it's not a it's not a huge concern yeah yeah i'm not concerned about either but i I don't know the track record uh i would be interested to know just the historical track record of teams records, especially coming off of these stretches where they have such a long break. I wouldn't be surprised to see Atlanta United schedule a friendly with like a local club. Um, if they do have a very long break, just to kind of get some sort of a match feeling back, obviously that doesn't simulate an MLS game, but it gives you a little bit more um, in terms of just working with some of these new players. But I think it w- it's generally would be kind of a ideal opportunity to bring new players into the team after the transfer window and have this period of time to kind of bed them in almost like a training camp that you would have before the season. So I think in some ways it works, but of course, you know, every, every situation that presents itself is going to have some form of, you know, I forgot the word I was going to say after that. <laughs> cool. So we didn't finish paying heads. Uh, final thing. <laughs> oh, so bad. <laughs> so bad. Joe, we didn't finish Pineda Head's question, by the way. I kind of moved this on before we were, we were done. Yeah. What's like the yeah. back line? What's the, what's the setup? Did we even talk about that necessarily? All right. Mm-hmm. I'm go- I think oh, yeah. I'm so I guess first forward, of all, by the way. Yeah. We, exactly. When we talk about 11 plus O lineup, what's the shape, first of all, that dictates personnel. So, yeah, I think they will be back to a back four with Miles Robinson. I think you can very clearly over the course of the week see the shape go from something that was very solid to then Bruce Arena kind of exploiting it a little bit. And then it was, I think, probably at its kind of most upheaval in uh, the Orlando game. So I do think they would go back back four. Robin, Miles and Parata probably at the back, at center back. I think I'm confident enough in Abram yet. Brooks and Wiley at fullback. Then goalkeeper, of course. We let's say they have that eleven team, that eleven plus O team. That team, got, that team has a playoff win in it. Yeah, to some yeah, extent. yeah, yeah. With everybody in for sure. I think like as long as you, if you have Almada, a healthy Almada and healthy Yakamakis uh, together, I think you have a decent shot at just winning yeah. a game. Yeah, totally. Just, like, just just in general, just because those players can both create goals, really. It is crazy that Omada almost scored that goal at the end of that game, too. <laughs> Wild. Okay, so he's, he's good. He's really yeah. good. At least against Atlanta. Uh, Telemachus also says, yeah. Sam really doesn't rank tournaments. Whereas ML- Why is MLS Cup the only tournament that we rate? Its format and League's Cup are the same. The difference is that to win League's Cup, you'd have to beat a bunch of much better teams. I genuinely don't get it. I think the goal of a home playoff game is weak. The goal should be trophies. The goal should be winning games while playing attacking soccer. The goal should be Champions League. Is an eighth place or greater finish in the regular season ambitious enough? We went a lot of places there. <laughs> uh, no, it's not ambitious enough, but it's not unrealistic either. Uh, as far as like 
ranking tournaments or, or, or whatever. Like it's it's so clear what like the main prize here is in MLS. You know. Yeah. It, it just is. It is. It's the nature of the competition. And you know what? You, it's not quite the same format as the League's Cup because everyone gets to make League's Cup. You just kind of get in, you know? Yeah. And look, again, like, like we talked about with the punning conversation earlier, this team's not going to win League's Cup. That's just not right. plausible. Right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. And it kind of ties back into what I wrote this morning, which is that, and I'm not trying to tell Marcus, not trying to like, you know, this is not on you, but I'm just saying in general, like, the team is not going to get substantially better. And so I think that what we've been talking about recently as this has come to the fore is just a sense of just realis- realism about the situation going on and um, how good this team actually is. Is an eighth place or greater finish in the regular season ambitious enough? No, definitely not. But what are you going to do? Like this team as it's currently constructed is just not going to compete in either of these competitions, to be perfectly honest, like at least at the top, but at least in MLS, there is something that you can strive for that's tangible, which is, you know, having that home playoff game or a playoff game in general. So um, I think that's why it's kind of the thing that people have been looking at as a, as a goal for this team this year. Professor Gascan says, Bocanegra and Pineda received the majority of the vitriol for the past few years. But what role have Spectre and Astathiu played in scouting these players and working up their bad contracts? I definitely wouldn't put much on Demetrius. My understanding is like we're talking about contract yeah. ball and yeah. everything there. It's He's not good. him putting together the like the the details of the players or anything like that or anything like that. That definitely those issues yeah. can be put on Carlos Beckenegger and everything else, right? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Spectre. It's fair to question. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he seems like a very nice guy, but. Um, obviously the whole scouting department is, is under scrutiny right now. I think, I think people are, uh, like rightly skeptical about Pen- about Spectre because he was, he again, came into the role very green, you know, just have, having not been, yeah, I think it's his first, is it his first post playing job? This one John for Jonathan Spectre. Sure. I don't know either. <laughs> it was very close. But, there was not a lot of If not, I mean, yeah, yeah he, he was playing. I mean, he played against Atlanta United, I believe, for Orlando. Um, so, and also the connection to Carlos Bocanegra. I think a lot of people are like, mm, it was probably like, you know, Carlos uh, making an, you know, easy hire and somebody that he knows to take over to, you know, do this department. And you just don't know how these people are supported kind of what structures they've set up for themselves or have been set up by the people around them to help them succeed. And honestly, when it comes to the scouting staff, that's probably where me personally, I have very little understanding of exactly kind of what processes are in place for that group. And I think for good reason, like they probably have a, a method to the mm-hmm. madness, but it, and, and the other you know, thing is it just frankly hasn't produced results since, uh, since Spectre has been appointed, which is probably the biggest thing. People just want to see good signings and there's not been enough of those as of late. There have been some good signings like, you know, again, like a Marsadich good trade, solid little trade in season when you needed somebody at the time. And he's become a, a a good role player for this team. So there have been some hits, but clearly not the really significant hits that you need to, to be a top roster in MLS. Totally. And especially now with Atlanta's resources, I don't think we're necessarily covering 
new ground with any of that but yeah. you know at the same time joe is totally right we don't know exactly what the inner workings are we don't know exactly how things are structured and until we do you know the the overall brunt of whatever criticisms we have about scouting go toward carlos bocanegra that's that's the nature of the job that's why yep. they're paid He's, more than everybody else it is mm-hmm, what it is exactly is what it is a former cool kid says fatigue you hear this come up a lot especially during stretches like we just saw with three matches in eight days my question is how legitimate of a factor or excuse depending on results is this for professional soccer players how much time do players really need between matches for full recovery three and eight is about as heavy as you'll ever see yeah and this for, for pretty understandable reason they definitely recover faster than you and me they definitely have many more resources available uh, to them to help them recover they have way more free time to sleep right like they can get their 10 hours a night that are recommended for a mm-hmm. pro athlete mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they can do all those things um but yeah it matters it still matters yeah soccer is really hard i would say it's not purely about fatigue either i mean it is definitely about fatigue for like uh, yeah a lot of it but uh, if you haven't seen the quarterback show on netflix there was an episode about like kind of just the the brutal nature of the NFL, but it definitely is like that in soccer too, where you look at some at their legs sometimes after training, like they have, they're like kicked all over the place. They've got bruises and and scratches and scrapes all over their legs from these games. And I think that, you know, that plays a a factor in it too. Um, But I think it's a huge factor, honestly, the fatigue. I've always said like 80% of soccer is just being able to like run, and run constantly and <laughs> remember uh the 20 oh god i can't do math 2018 world cup where russia just suddenly yeah. ran suddenly. more than <laughs> yeah. everybody else yeah. which yeah. was i wonder how that happened but they started winning games yeah. just because they exactly. were able to run for that's longer a, that's a great sample yeah yeah uh-huh. totally totally all the teams all the, i remember when that came out but also croatia was right up there too and that was the year that they mm. made a, a a big run so um however that happened it clearly does show that it's uh it's a massive factor absolutely absolutely so it, it plays a part it plays a part for sure let's see a former cool kid also says gonzalo pineda often talks about getting into the pocket when discussing his tactics can you explain what he means by that in lay people's terms and why it's important find space is what that means it means get to the space mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pocket in particular again at that it's like space in between midfield and back line it's like a receiver finding the soft spot in the zone that's what it's exactly. Mm-hmm. getting exactly. Uh, under the safeties but over the linebackers that's the pocket right there <laughs> perfect 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 last one here from slaw who says would you rather be a big fish or a big squirrel wait no oh, just bigger. a normal sized squirrel no, oh. normal size squirrel. I'm sorry. I've <laughs> okay, messed okay, that okay, up. Okay, okay. I'm really sorry. Gah. Let's refocus. Would you rather be a big fish <laughs> or just a squirrel? And now I thought about this, Joe Patrick. I did. Because I think like there is some sense of being happier because you know so little because you are a big fish. You only know that you are slightly bigger than most of the fishes. You are just floating. You don't necessarily know the terrors of the ocean. Mm-hmm. But it does leave you open to potentially being swallowed by another bigger fish. It does not say the biggest fish. It just says true, a big fish. True, so true. Patrick, there is always a bigger fish, right? So mm-hmm. you do kind of live in some like blissful ignorance as a fish. Mm-hmm. But does that make you? Does that make you better? Does that make you better? Are you learning from that? Now the problem with it doesn't being make a you squirrel, better. It could make you happier. 
You're really, you could be content in your bigness. Just exactly. Unknowing, un, un, until the moment you're not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, squirrels are probably going to be good for the most part. Right. Like no, no one's really going to like bother them too much, but you are going to live in constant paranoia, I think, because there are many bigger things than you. There are also other squirrels trying to steal your allocated resources of nuts and whatnot and other foods. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. a squirrel is the life of like an ex CIA agent who won't sit with their back to a door at a restaurant because they just don't know <laughs> what's coming through. And I just don't know if that's a way to live, you know? Yeah, and so it's it's kind of choosing blissful ignorance over like the pain of being a little too smart to a fault, yeah. and it's a great philosophical question. But honestly, I think I'm choosing the big fish, even though I am technically scared of the ocean. <laughs> just te- just to be technical, I yeah, I think it would be really cool to just be able to climb everything, jump mm-hmm. from tree to tree, do parkour. Mm-hmm. That's always been my dream. So I'd probably be the squirrel. Also, I'm also similarly frightened by what's underneath the waters, the deep, dark waters of the oceans. Great. I think your chances of being like mauled are way higher as like a big fish, unfortunately. Yeah. But you won't know until it happens. That's right. You'll be fine until it happens. And I I guess that's there's something to be said about that. Yeah. There's something to be said for it. Joe, there's something to be said for, for ending a show at the right time. And <laughs> unfortunately for us, that was probably 20 minutes ago. But yeah. we still kept going. Yeah. We still kept going for you, dear Lister. If you want more of this, for some godforsaken reason, you can go to patreon.com slash five stripe final. <laughs> Don't <and> join. <laughs> our, la- our last episode is titled Don't Listen to This. <laughs> it was that, that, that training ground report that we did, which we very much apologize for. Yeah, we're we've reached cynicism at this point. Unfortunately, I guess it's better than apathy. Maybe we have reached apathy. I don't know. But mm. look, more things are coming. Tristan Mugamba is coming. Uh, more signings are coming. It's going to get more interesting than this, and we'll talk about it on the Patreon. I think we have we could have some really interesting um, content to be coming during this five six week period, however long it is before the season gets going. They're going to do a media game, but I think we're going to get some interview opportunities to talk to some folks at the club so should be should be interesting yeah while things are quiet we can actually kind of get involved with folks and, and talk right. to some more folks and that will all be on the patreon patreon.com slash five strike final check it out uh, check out the striker the striker.com as well doing all sorts of coverage over there uh, have some good stories coming out this week at least one good story i think on ozzy alonzo and his defectment i don't know the quiet word he, he defected from cuba uh, with the Cuban national team, and he was uh, willing to sit down and share his story with me. That was super cool. Uh, very interesting. Uh, really interesting guy, Ozzy Alonso. So check that out, thestriker.com. Of course, check out DSS and check out Joe on 90.9, the game as well. Joe, anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Cool. Let's get out of here. Bye, y'all. It's the same.